Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting and consulting firm RiderFlex. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. And if you enjoy listening to our show, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button on the episodes. Finally, aside from our podcast, our day job here at RiderFlex is to provide recruiting, staffing, and consulting services. You can visit riderflex.com to learn more about us and get the information on the services we provide. And now, a quick word from our sponsor and friends at Marketing 360. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Kizzy Parks on the Rider Flex podcast. Good afternoon, Kizzy. How are you? Doing well. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm doing doing great. Are you in Miami? I am. Okay. What part now? I'm I'm fairly familiar. Like, give me a general idea. I am near South Point Park. Okay. Which okay. is very south in Miami Beach near Joe Stone Crab. I see. Okay. Very good. All right. Uh, you know, I like Miami January and February. <laughs> uh, I, I got to tell you, I, I was on a couple of projects throughout my career down there in the summertime. And uh, yeah, like, like being down there in July and August was not my favorite. That's just, whew, man, a little bit muggy, isn't it? A little, little bit, a little bit. It little is. Bit. It's super humid. It's hot. You sweat walking to the car. You mm. never can get enough air conditioning, but it's still super lively. Oh, oh, it, it lively <laughs> for sure. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, yeah, great. Hey, if you want to have fun and you want something to do and you want activity, I mean, yeah, that's all about it. Uh, I just remember the first time I went, went there in the wintertime, you know, I was down there in January, February for something. And I, I, I you know, I remember thinking, okay, I, I get it now. Like, I, I understand why people have like winter homes down here. Like I get it. Like I totally get it. <laughs> anyway, is that where you're from? I'm originally from Michigan. Really? Okay. Tell us yeah. about it. Give me the, give me the Kizzy overview. Go for it. Tell us about your family a little bit. Yeah. I um, grew up a little bit in, um, in uh, Battle Creek, Michigan. Okay. The home mm -hmm. of Kellogg's uh, mm -hmm. is where I grew up. And then I lived throughout the Midwest. So I lived in Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Iowa, because my dad was in manufacturing. Okay. And so plants, different manufacturing plants love to, to uh, thrive in really small rural communities. Mm. Gotcha. <laughs> and so we, we moved around a lot and I'm definitely a Midwesterner. Where'd you graduate high school? Where were you living when you graduated? Oh, good old Rantoul, Illinois, Rantoul High School. Rantoul, where is that? What is that? I don't know. What's that near? What what near? What major city? Rantoul is, is like way south of Chicago. It's okay. a small little town in Illinois, and a Air Force base used mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm reside there literally i think a few years before we moved there i see okay all right so your dad was in manufacturing how about your mom 
my mom, she, um, she did a bunch of kind of odds and ends job because my dad, he, um, was an industrial engineer for these different manufacturing plants. And so then it gave my mom the opportunity to stay at home with me. And Mm -hmm. so she did all kinds of things. Like right now she's still working. She drives cars for enterprise. Oh yeah. All right. Well, you mean like transporting them from one place to another? Yeah. She loves doing that. Like cleaning. She just, she's very active. So she just loves just being busy. So I think she works once or twice a week. (laughs) I think that's great. I actually have uh, uh, an uncle who is, I don't know. He's probably 75, almost 80 years old. That's what he does. Like he he drives those rental trucks. We'll transport one here, there once, twice a week, just for something to do. I think that, I think that's awesome. Your folks are still alive then, huh? My mom is still alive. My dad passed. Okay. All right. However. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So I'm adopted. So those are my adopted parents, but I also am close with my birth mom. So my birth mom, Teresa is a retired school teacher and she's still alive. And my stepdad's still alive. So they're also in Michigan too. Then now that's pretty cool. Uh, So no siblings then from your adopted parents, it was just you. My birth father had two sons when they adopted me. So I have two older brothers, Malcolm and Chris. And then my birth mother, Teresa, has three boys. So Stephen, Andrew, and Joey, we have the same mom. Okay. So tell me, when when did you find out you were adopted? How'd that go down? Give us the short version. Yeah, I always knew. Oh, oh they, so that was a conversation I right would, from the beginning. I see. Yeah. I, I, oh, okay. I, and I understand it's a blessing, too. Some people don't know. I always knew. And I, I found this. them in college. And um, so it's pretty cool. Oh, so, so you knew, but there was no relate. You hadn't met them yet before you went to college. Ooh, no, wow. oh. I didn't meet oh. them until I was in my twenties. Well, tell us so what that first so was, what was it like? Okay. Let's meet at like a Starbucks or meet in a parking lot. Like, what was that first moment? Like where you like saw them? Well, tell me about it. It was so weird. Yeah. I you know bet. why it's so weird? Because can you even imagine mm. not knowing what the woman looked like who carried you right? or ever seen a picture mm. of your mother pregnant. I mean, that's what it's like. It's like, it's so foreign mm. that this woman had me. Right. <laughs> right. Mean, so it was so, kind of odd. Like, I don't know if odds the right word, but it had to be like, yeah, that would be, I don't know. That would be mixed emotions. I think a little bit. It, it was. So it was cool to see her, but weird. And, yeah. and I was in my early twenties. So I was a mess in general. So, um, but now it's like, awesome. It's, it's great. Now she's definitely very motherly and we're close. Oh, really? Did you, did you have the challenge conversation with her? Did you ever be like, okay, mom, so what's up? Like, why'd you, why'd you, why'd you sit giving me up for adoption? Did you ever hit her with it? I, I had a suspicion before we met Okay. And, and it's true. It's, it's the reason why I thought, and mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. met my birth father briefly. Okay. Okay. What, yeah. did, what was that? Was that same thing? Kind of odd? I'm sure. Right. It, it, it was odd because I realized how much they were still in love. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, are they still together? No. Oh, I was going to say. But what you felt there was some there's some, still some sort of connection between it, like some sort of emotional connection there. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. It was wow. it even to this day. 
I've never seen anything like it. Between oh, wow. Them. How about that? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. All right. All right. Very cool. I appreciate you sharing that. I know. Yeah. Because it's part of the journey. Yes, absolutely. Kind of shapes who you are a little bit for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you graduate high school and now you're a doctor, right? You have your doctorate. So you're obviously yeah. smart. Right? When, were you oh. like, were you like 4.0, like, okay, I'm the perfect high school kid. Never did anything wrong. Perfect grades. Like what, what's, 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 you know, give us the deal here. I was very lost. I was like very lost in high school because we moved in the middle, like after my sophomore year in high school. Well, that's tough. That's tough. So I felt, yeah, I felt lost and I wasn't happy with myself. I did well enough to get into several undergrads and to have options. I just wanted to leave the house. I just wanted to go somewhere, get a bachelor's degree. I knew I was going to get a PhD. I knew that ever since I was a little girl. I always knew that that was the goal to get your doctor. Yeah. All right. All right. right. Wow. That's pretty, Hey, that's impressive. When I was 18, all I cared about was like, I don't know, drinking beer and chasing chicks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So you knew you wanted, sorry. So you got into school. Well, first of all, before college though, um, high school, were you like, were you a normal kid? Did you get in some trouble? Are you a little bit wild or straight? Like, were you like, you know, going to mass every day or what? (laughs) I'm pretty nerdy. Like I love reading. I mean, I had friends that did whatever. And there was no judgment. I didn't care. It just wasn't my thing. I didn't want to, I didn't drink in school. I didn't do anything. I like went to school. I worked. I just wanted, my whole goal was to get out. It was like a prison sentence. It was, let me get through this. Let me get done with all these high school people. I want to go to college. I want to live my life. I don't want to be at home anymore. Okay. Well, were your parents driving you nuts? Were they too conservative, too strict or what? They just were driving me nuts in general. (laughs) (laughs) All right. How did you decide on Alfred university? What they gave you the best deal a full ride or what? Yeah, they gave me a pretty good deal uh, because my test scores were not the best. And, um, definitely were not the best, but I had many options. So Alfred gave me a really good financial aid package. I liked the vibe. I never visited and I ended up loving it. Okay. All right. And you knew when you were going to get your psychology degree, you're like, well, this is just one step. I'm getting my master's after this. I mean, that was a plan all along. Yeah. Then, then the next plan was, okay, I got to I got to leave here. It was bittersweet because it was great being in one place for four years but mm-hmm. I knew I needed to go on, earn a master's, PhD, and I guess pay back these student loans at the time. <laughs> Why Florida Tech? They let me in. <laughs> How, they did. I, However, it was probationary. Oh, really? Well, yeah. Were your grades not good at Alfred or what? They, my psychology grades were good. I want to say my psychology GPA was over a four. And the last two semesters, I made the dean's list. Okay. But my other grades, because I was still lost. I was a mess. I was drinking. I was partying. I went wild in college. Oh, so that's when it got a little wild. Okay, good, good. Yeah, right, I was right. out of control in college. <laughs> <laughs> really out of control. Uh, so um, they let me into master's degree program probationary. I went there, crushed it, took two years off and then went back 
for the PhD. I had to reapply too. They didn't just let me back in. I had to reapply uh, for the PhD program. Did you move and, to Florida? Did you move to Florida to get your MBA? And then, then what, did you move back home for two years? Or what'd you do? I moved to Florida for um, a master's degree in industrial organizational psychology. And then I stayed because at that point in time, okay. I was like 300 pounds. I was what? so in debt. Yeah. I was like a hot mess. And so I took those two years to lose over a hundred pounds to what? pay off really? debt. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, it, uh, so I stayed uh. there. I, I couldn't go back after you come here to Florida. It's very hard to, in my opinion, to leave. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Wow. wow. So, okay. Paid off our school debt, lost a bunch of weight. That's those are two huge things. Plus, plus yes. started to get your doctorate. Yes. <laughs> how are you? How are you eating? How are you surviving? How are you like paying the rent? Well, I mean, once I earned my degree, I ended up working in a call center because it gave me freedom to get ready to reapply for grad school. Okay. So, so here's what I mean. I could have easily went the route and, and applied and received a typical 40 hour week job in human resources, training, et cetera. But I knew I wouldn't have any time to work out, to earn extra money. And at that point in time, the call center job, I earned a lot putting in overtime and it was really easy and it was flexible. And then in addition, I taught in person. Since I had the master's degree, I taught for all these different schools. So I was really able to bankroll the money. Ah. I had the flexibility. It was adding to my resume Mm -hmm. to then Mm -hmm. reapply for graduate school. So it it was part of the plan. Okay. Very good. Very, very good. Okay. Now are you dissecting me right now? Are you like, are you like mentally like deconstructing me? Are you, are you, what are you you doing? (laughs) Not today. Maybe next time. Uh, You don't teach Well, you, you teach, I guess, with your, with your company and what you do for a living, but do you teach at a university right now as well? part-time? I do not. I finally, I finally let it go. After 10 years, I uh, resigned uh, January. Well, the students just driving you nuts or what? Getting on your nerves? What's the deal? It it was just, you know, it was this unnecessary crutch because I I kept thinking, well, Mm. if my business falls apart, at least I have a paycheck. Mm. Like at least Mm. I have a job. Mm. I have a paycheck. Mm. So it took me 10 years to realize this wasn't falling apart. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, sometimes it's good to just go for it anyway. Right. And just kind of cut, cut the ties there. Let, let go of the safety net. And just go for it. Okay. Very all right. good. All right. Well, I appreciate that overview. Thank you for, for all of that. Okay. So you started consulting back in 07 but now you've recently, I mean, launched, I don't know if you rebranded, um, but, but GovCon winners, GovCon winners, by the way, for the listeners, let me just make sure here, GovConWinners.com, right. Is we, where you can find Kizzy parks, GovCon winners. Um, is that a rebrand or is that a, what, why does it look new on LinkedIn when you've been doing it for so long? Why don't you, yeah, tell me, go for it. Yeah. So my main company, KPC provided and provides services to the federal government. Okay. That's K Parks Parks Consulting. Yes. K Parks Consulting. And I realized, especially during the lockdown, 
with COVID that there were all these interesting people claiming that they could help others win contracts. And they had all this knowledge around government contracting. And I had no idea there was this whole space, but the, the information and the training they were selling was very frightening. Mm. And it scared me that people were paying and put all their hopes and dreams into these options out there. And I thought, Hey, I've been awarded over $50 million in government contracts. I didn't have any kind of connection to the government other than a fellowship. I didn't have a business before I didn't work at Deloitte. And I thought, man, you know, I really need to put something out there because there are all these people buying these programs. That's really not getting them anywhere. Mm. And so I created GovCon winners to then help small business owners learn how to find bid and win profitable contracts. Cause that's the key in federal government. You want them to be profitable. And so that's where it came from. So www.govconwinners.com. I have a program rolling out soon. And I'm so passionate about government contracting because it isn't linear. It's like learning a new language, but the payoff is amazing. It's huge. It's immense. And it's awesome to be able to serve um, our amazing country and to really leverage taxpayer dollars to be able to do so. Okay. So let me make sure I understand. Back to the listener here, listeners. So K Parks Consulting. That service in layman's terms would be like um, if I called, if I called you, so Riderflex, our recruiting firm, for example, if I called Kizzy and was like, hey, listen, I want to, I want to recruit for the government. I want to recruit for the Navy. I don't know, whatever. You're like, okay, cool. I can help you. And then you, you help me get those bids in and you, you teach me or help me as a recruiting firm to do that. And then you tie me to the government contract and then you get rewarded for that work. That's what K parks does, right? Is that, is that accurate? You are definitely, you're definitely almost there. It's with, with KPC, what we do at K parks is we provide, we, we, this is how we do it. Okay. Basically the federal government has a bunch of needs. They have, they need additional support, Yes. but instead of hiring more government employees, they use federal, they use contractors, government contractors. Okay. So it could be that maybe there's a requirement for the Navy to provide curriculum developers, IT support, admin, and somebody to scan a card. And you say, you know what, Kizzy, we can do that. We can definitely find you the people. So how about you give us a cut for you to bid on this opportunity Mm. And if you win it, great, all of that, but I'll help you staff it. So that's the type of relationship that we do have with some organizations. At the end of the day, we support federal agencies so that you, the non-government person, you may not realize that the person you're engaging with at IRS is a contractor mm-hmm. or the person at TSA is a contractor mm-hmm. or the person with the USDA is a contractor. So those individuals are people who work for companies like K Parks Consulting, Deloitte, IBM. And so it's really cool. So we inspect vape shops, we provide training, we provide admin support. So through my flagship company, we provide a ton of different really cool services to the federal government. I see. Okay. And you've had that for almost 14 years. And then at some point, then then you just (laughs) then you said, I'm going to roll out this other LLC or this other entity. Because now that that's worked so well, I want to teach others how to do it. And that's what that's what GovCon Winners is. I yes. See. 
to apply what I've learned because there's no roadmap. Gotcha. No roadmap. And every single day I'm learning something new. And I'm just, I I just want to help other people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I understand. Well, K Parks Consulting, is it just you? Do you have, you have how many employees? There's almost a hundred of us. Wow. And uh, are most of them 1099 and some of them are W2? What's the mix? All of the above. I have employees. I have subcontractors. I have 1099. I have those who provide a very, very specific service to us, maybe once or twice a year. Mm. Uh, We have all of it, but there's about a hundred of us located throughout the United States. I also have a virtual team in Egypt. I have a team member who sometimes lives in Canada, uh, but we're everywhere. Nice. And by the way, for the listeners, K Parks Consulting, known as KPC, and it's KPC Inc, KPCINC.com, right? Is that accurate? Yes. yes. Uh, okay. Okay. Very good. Wow. So you're running a pretty big business. Do you want to share your revenue? Uh, probably not, huh? <laughs> I'll just say it varies. It, okay. it varies. It, 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 it swings anywhere from three to like $7 million. Wow. Very okay. Hey, where it swings. Thank you. Right. And it does. It, it, it literally swings based on the various needs. And, and I, again, that's, what's really cool about the federal government is easily you can obtain a contract that significantly increases your revenue or significantly increases your number of team members. When I started out, it was just me. And in mm-hmm. one of my very first, my very first million dollar contract, it was a $4 million contract. I ended up with an additional five people. How about that? Overnight. Wow. How did you get, how did you get the connections to the, to the government? What, would you go to the right parties? Did you go, did you, did you shake the right hands? What, how did you get these connections? <laughs> I'm just a very inquisitive person and a go-getter. So I started out as a graduate research fellow at now Patrick Space Force. All right. You know, you're working, However, the, you're, 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 you're working the room right there. You're working. I, you're I like, was hey, working I, the room. I, I need your business card, Johnny and Mary. <laughs> I did. I worked the room and I literally went and, and met everyone. And That's then great. people would just meet me and say, you know, we would love to have you as a speaker for the Women's Observance Month, or, you know, you would be right. great to work with for this diversity project. And then I started to meet other business owners and they shared with me these mm. secrets mm. on how to mm. grow a government business. How about that? All right. All right. Ran with it. I, okay. I love it, man. Okay. Congratulations. Are you still 100% owner? Do you have any equity yes. holders? Do you have any, inve- any investors? No. You're it. Okay. You're it. 100% owner cash flow positive. Any debt, any debt, no debt. Well, the only debt we have is our, our credit cards that we use for our travel because one of our contracts has $800,000 in travel. Oh, I see. Okay. Very good. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But those are Amex. Those are Amex points that you can use to cash in for vacation later on. (laughs) Yes, definitely. So, uh, Okay. All right. Love it. Okay. Very good. I I appreciate you sharing all of that with me. So what advice would you give um, an aspiring entrepreneur that has got all these, this college debt, got their MBA or their doctorate, they want to start something based on what you've learned. They, they want to start a service business of some kind because you know, that's, you know, you don't have a product business, right? Not really. Right. It's a service business. Kind of like ours here at Rideflex. 
Um, and they want to start a service business. What would you tell them? Go for it. You just <laughs> really to go for it because if you, we spend so much time, it's so easy. And I remember it thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe I need to make a payment in the amount of like $864 every month to Sally May. I was like, <laughs> this is so much money. And it, it is, it's still a lot of money, but also you have to think about, well, what interests you, what's going to make you happy. And the loans are going to be there. They're not going anywhere. I mean, maybe, I don't know, but they're going to be there. But why not try and see if the market is receptible to your idea, to your service? You can go on a Fiverr. You can go on an Upwork. You can contact business owners like myself at KPC to see if it's something that we're looking for. And you can at least test it. If you're an artist, sell on Etsy. If you want to provide a resume review service, put it on Fiverr. Or you want to provide translation services, put it on Fiverr or Upwork and just see what happens because there are people who make half a million dollars a year on Fiverr. <laughs> right. You know, isn't it interesting when you meet people, how scared they are to try to start something on the, their own, uh, you know, that people that are in regular jobs, right. They work for a big company or whatever, and they just get up every day and drive 45 minutes and go into their little building and then drive home. And then they come inside and they pet their dog and then they start dinner and then they watch their little TV show that they like to watch. And then they go to bed and they just do it again. <laughs> Uh, but they're so scared. They're so scared. They're like, oh, well, what if, what if, what if it didn't work out? What if this, what if that? I'm like, well, you know, what if you get laid off tomorrow too? That could happen too. <laughs> it could, it could easily happen. You know, uh, I'm always amazed by that. Uh, so you encourage them. What about, what about um, the money, the startup cash? I guess in your case, it didn't take a lot of capital, right? Cause you didn't have to invest in any inventory. You didn't have to buy an office. Hell, do you have an office now or is it a 100% remote? We have two offices, but the only reason that we have them is one for facility security clearance requirements. And number two, because for one of our contracts, we have to secure certain documents. I so see. Literally, so that, I, that's the, the only reason that we have them and they hope they, and it stores things. So, and it's, and, uh, and the office is amazing. Candy in the 1900 building is she's fantastic. And so it's great having that building because then it provides other services that we need for, for things going on with KPC. Shout out to Candy. Do you have to go there? Do you have to go in or no? No, no. I only go in there if I'm in Melbourne, but no one goes in there. No one's there. No, no one goes in there. Do you do a lot of travel or have you traveled much lately? I have. I've done some traveling, uh, mostly within the state, Okay. I went to Michigan to see my family. Okay. Okay. Did COVID affect your business at all? It, yes and no. Okay. Yes. In the sense of, so we've always been virtual. When I first started KPC, okay. Okay. we were always virtual. And the way it positively affected us was that the government was forced to work virtually and realize, wow, you can really do this virtually. So that was really cool. And it also opened up the opportunity to obtain the cell phone numbers of federal government contracts. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> some lucrative contracts during COVID. Where it hurt us 
one of our contracts involves inspecting vape, like vape tobacco shops. I see. You can't inspect a vape tobacco shop if the state's on lockdown. I see. Gotcha. So mm, we we had, that's also the other reason for the revenue um, mm, mm. ebbs and flows. So it had an impact, but it was temporary. And thankfully our inspectors are part-time for the most part. So it didn't have any kind of crippling effect. It really just reinforced how we already operate. We've always been virtual. So it wasn't a huge kind of, a culture shock for anyone on the team. It was just more of like, okay, well, it looks like we're almost a hundred percent virtual okay. all the time. Yeah. I mean, we're 100% remote at Riderflex. We never have had an office and I mean, I think it's great. I mean, with the technology, I mean, it's like I'm in the same room anyway, they just jump on zoom and we're talking, right? I mean, just yeah. saying, you know, uh, the vape stuff, I got to ask you a quick question. What, what are you inspecting in the vape? Like what's, what's being inspected, the amount of tobacco or what, what are you checking? I'm curious. The juices, uh, there's mm. the product, uh, the way it's marketed, it's displayed. Okay. There's different rules and regulations that are reviewed. Is this, uh, do you get to do uh, um, medical cannabis shops as well or no? You wish, we don't, not yet. Uh, I, I don't tried, know if the, yeah. federal, if the federal government is in that space. Good question. Well, but, I guess the state, I guess that's a state audit, right? I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, guess I so. it'd be cool. It'd be fun to be involved yeah. in. Right. Yeah. Well, it can't cause cannabis is not, uh, it's not recreational in Florida, right? It's only medicinal, right? Pretty sure. Oh, I, live in, I, live in, I live in Colorado. I live in Colorado. So we're like light years ahead of you. We just. Yeah. You're way light years ahead of us. We, <laughs> we It's yeah. Yeah. I, I know it's, I, it might be both, but then the different cities started passing interesting laws. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah. Especially here in Miami beach. So mm. it makes it a bit complicated. It's kind of like gambling in Florida. It's a, it, it you, makes for you, a, Fun topic. You guys got your own. You guys got your own thing going on down there. I see you guys in the news all the time. Your governor's your governor's in the news all the time. He he does whatever he wants, I guess, or at least it yeah, looks like. He, I don't know. He, it is. It's a very <laughs> you know Florida. You know everybody makes fun of that little Florida man. You know they always talk about Florida man. I I all I can say is as an entrepreneur, this state has been so loving. Yeah. And they have so many free yeah. resources and really cool opportunities. Who would have known Florida? I mean, I didn't know, probably your listeners know, but yeah. I didn't yeah. know Florida was a hub for government contracting. I had no idea. I, not me either. Not till just now. <laughs> yeah. Like Pensacola, Tampa, Orlando, Melbourne, Jacksonville, even down here in Miami. And so it's a, a very cool state as an entrepreneur. They, they've been amazing. Well, okay. Well, that's pretty neat. Um, let me ask you, uh, as a CEO, uh, I want to ask you a couple, couple of things here as far as social media goes. You know, I was looking, because when I was studying you, right, I always, always got to gotta look up everybody, got to find out what's going on, try to find, some, find, find something on them, you know, find something you said back in college that made somebody mad or something. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> uh, uh, I noticed you're pretty careful on your social media, right? You're a business owner. So you, 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 you know, you, you're careful. You, you're, you're not, you're not saying anything to make anybody mad, which is probably a good idea when you're a business owner, right? <laughs> uh, curious. What are your thoughts on 
CEOs that that do go wild on social media and like speak out on sensitive topics and like say stuff and like pick sides on sensitive things and just go nuts on social. What, what are your thoughts on, on CEOs that do that? I'm curious. I, I, this is how I see it. You okay. know, there, there are means that some individual CEOs or not have, whether it's resources of um, monetary value, legal, maybe the support of different communities. And therefore they are very comfortable being very frank and outspoken on social media. And so I say, by all means, do what makes you happy and that you can sleep with at night. Mm -hmm. I take the approach of, I always like to think in terms of if my remark makes like the Washington post or makes, (laughs) you know, CNN, Fox news, is it something that I can stand by and wouldn't have a huge impact on everything that I created? So because of that, there are certain things I say, I post a lot about crypto. Um, I'll make little, you know, some remarks out there that align with some of my beliefs, but as far as making a post or finding anything out there where I was totally outrageous with what I said or posted, it's just not something you're going to find. Cause it's just not how I operate because at the end of the day, I am not a billionaire who has resources and can rebound (laughs) (laughs) if I mistweet something. Bingo. I think you just hit the nail on the head with, I I think with a lot, with what a lot of people don't quite get right. Yeah. Great, great point. If you're, if you're a multimillionaire billionaire and you're, you know, you got four houses across the country and you got all the money you need. Sure. Go on social media and say whatever you want. I guess it doesn't matter. Right. You're not really affected by it. Right. Uh, but if you're like 99.5% of the rest of the population where we're all humping it out here, trying to, you know, uh, do the right thing and get business, you gotta be a little bit careful. (laughs) You do. You have to be a little bit careful or keep it to telegram discord you know, keep it to the, 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 um, dark web, you know, there's reasons for the onion and go, go that approach. You know, if that's the approach you want to take by all means, you do the way you answered is exactly what I tell my friends, you know, here in town. Right. I mean, they'll, they'll be like, well, you got a podcast, you know, you should be go say this, say that. I'm like, listen, man, what like I I run a recruiting firm. The podcast is a side hustle. I run a recruiting firm. I'm not, I want money from all clients. I don't care what their belief is on any kind of hot topic. I no, I want to be friends with everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's how I am as a business owner too. I am open, you know, it's it's like I don't want to shut somebody out because of no. something that I post. And I also like to be have a little bit of surprise. Right? Isn't it? It's kind of fun, right? Yeah. It's interesting. What I find funny, Kizzy, is you know, some pe- so many people feel like they have to get mad about uh, a certain side or a topic. Like, I'm just not that way most of the time. I'm more like, I'm like, hey, listen, you want to talk about whatever it is? I'm cool. Tell me what your belief is on something. We can still have a beer. I don't, I'm not going to be mad at you just because we don't, just because you like purple and I like green. It, who cares? <laughs> but you're right. You, the surprise thing is funny. You know, something happened to us in COVID here at Riderflex. Uh, this was in now, this was early on in COVID. Uh, oh, early. I don't know, whatever it was that 
the summer, right? Like June or whatever, 2020. I made the mistake of sending an email inviting one of our clients to lunch. Like I, I just, it was a big client for us. We had placed like a hundred people there uh, as a recruiting firm. And so we had hit the hundred mark. So I was like, oh, we, we just placed our hundred hundredth person. I'll reach out to the CEO and say, congratulations. And Hey, I want to, let's meet for happy hour, you know, celebrate. Oh, wow. Uh, that did not go over well. He was super offended that I suggested that we get together in person. He's like, what do you, he's like, I can't believe that you would ask me to get, get, get together in person. It's so irresponsible, blah, blah, blah. And he just blasted the shit out of me. And I was like, okay, uh, all right. Uh, let me see. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me figure out. So, uh, you know, when you're a small business owner, my point is when you're a small business owner, you're dealing with clients, you're right. There's a little bit of a surprise and you're always trying to figure out, okay, let me just, let me just see where this client is on this, whatever, whatever topic we're working on here to make sure I don't piss anybody off. <laughs> yes. Uh, you got to be, you know, not that, not that you have to like bend over for people and you just always kiss, but, but you know, it's relationships. You got to be a little bit careful. And what I always tell my folks is, hey, listen, 99% of the time, the client's right. If the client likes Mexican food, we're going to Mexican food tonight. <laughs> if it's, whatever. I agree. I, I, I um, definitely have that same mentality and have that through all of my companies because you, I say to my team, the goal is to get into the family photos. There you that go. That is the objective Ooh, like with our clients, family Ooh, photos. I like, I like and if that. they like Mexican food, if they like a certain font, if they like a certain <laughs> template, if they like, for instance, one of our clients requires all of my team members to dial in at eight 30 every morning and okay. my team does it, but no one complains. And that's the best part about my team because they understand this is part of the culture at KPC that you're, mm -hmm. we're here to make lives easier. And so it's, and it's, it is good to teach through GovCon winners because people think, oh, I want a government contract or I work for the government and I tell them what to do and I'm the government contractor and it doesn't work like that. <laughs> you're right. You're so right. And if you're listening to this episode of the RiderFlex podcast and you're in the service business, it's great if you build a program or a template or a model that you would love for all of your clients to follow, you know, and you want you, you kind of build this thing. You're like, okay, all of our clients are going to do this and this, and this is how we're going to do it. <laughs> I remember when me and me and Scott, my co-founder, were like, all right, this is how the recruiting firm is going to go. And this is going to be our programs. And this is going to be our pricing model. And this is going to be this, this, and this. And we're going to have it always go in this. You know, I'm like, okay. Yeah, that was out the window in the first few months. It's like, no, 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 no. We're, we're, our model is, it, it's, it's got this 30,000 foot radius. And, and somewhere in here, the client is going to tell us how they want it done. And then that's probably what we're going to do. <laughs> yes, yes. But so many people struggle with that. Yeah, you're right. They so struggle. They they don't know how to make that little mind that change. All right. And make yeah. that change. You yeah. have to alter that mindset because if not, then the client's already thinking about how they can replace you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I, you know, a tiny, even, even a tiny example for us as a recruiting firm, like, you know, we, uh, we have a weekly recap that we send our clients to tell them how we're doing on the search. Guess what? We, we tried to make that a certain form. We tried to make it look a certain way or whatever. No, no, no. Now it's, 
it's whatever the client wants. <laughs> so I uh, couldn't agree more. Um, okay. Very good. I'm glad we talked about uh, all of those things. Let me ask you, uh, do you, you try to podcast at one time? Are you still doing a podcast adult fluent? What, what's going on with that? I did. I, I have a podcast adult fluent. I haven't recorded any new episodes. However, it's still mm -hmm. great to listen to. It was, it's okay. just, I was just dabbling in trying something new. I thought it'd be really cool to create episodes to help motivate people, inspire okay. people, give stories of hope and such. And so I did it and uh, oh, it's out wow. there, Adult Fluent. It's on Adult all the fluent. platforms where podcasts are found. Podcasting takes a lot of time, doesn't it, Kizzy? It sure does. It <laughs> Sure does. It takes a lot, a lot of time. As a as a doctor in philosophy, psychology, and all this stuff, are you gonna you, you, you want to like summarize me at all? Do you want to give me the what's 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 your how do you describe Steve now when you're talking to somebody later tonight over dinner? You're like, yeah, I met this guy, Ryder Flex podcast. Well, what what's your what's your read on the situation? Uh, let's see. Okay, let me. Let me channel. <laughs> Get into doctor mode. Get into doctor mode. <laughs> Do I need to lay down? Do I need to lay back? I know. Not, not yet. Not yet. Let's see, I can. Let's see what I can do. Let me, let me channel everything here. Okay. Uh, uh, you're, you're a, you are a very, you're a nice person. Okay. You're friendly. You are the type of person where you are, you're interested in research and getting things right, but not to the point where like you're a perfectionist and that you allow perfectionism to get in the way mm. you like to be able to solve problems, which your way of doing so is by providing staffing. So if someone wants it and medical and nurses mm. and mm. whatever they're seeking, you're able to fulfill that. And you're mm -hmm. able to do so in a way because you have this personality where you care. You're not just providing, hey, I'm a recruiter, recruiting services, but you also show that relationship there. You show that you care about your clients and that you care about the people that you're recruiting. Mm -hmm. You also care about your um, those who work for you, those who are your clients, and you like to show it not only through offering lunch, but probably through a whole multitude of ways you like to show and demonstrate um, that you're grateful. Wow. That is pretty, so wow, that's pretty damn good, Kizzy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, you got that in like 30 minutes. Holy cow. If I'm around you for all day long, you would know everything about me. <laughs> uh, wow. That's probably what makes you so good at selling and winning over clients because you can read people pretty damn fast, right? You probably, yeah. I, bet, I bet you can size somebody up at a dinner party in about 45 seconds. <laughs> I can, but you know, what's funny is sometimes I'm so off with certain people. I can, I can, and it, it definitely helps. It definitely okay. helps in the government space, but yeah. it also helps by having those on my team that fill my gaps when it comes to KPC. Mm, I see. Because, like being a Midwesterner, I, I can't, I don't have that connection to DC. Mm, gotcha. Right. Okay. And so I have mm -hmm. a team member who does. So she's able to relate and connect in ways that I can't, I can't mm -hmm. whatsoever. Okay. Well, we're going to talk offline about you, you helping RiderFlex get some government contracts for recruiting. Well, let's do that. When we, 
Let me stop recording here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll figure something out. So for the listeners, one more time, I just want to make sure they they know govconwinners.com uh, or yeah. kpcinc.com, Kizzy Parks. You can get a hold of her uh, and uh, check her out. You can also ping her on LinkedIn. She's got like 26,000 followers on LinkedIn, so she's pretty active over there. Send her a connection request. Give her a hard time. Send her a bunch of sales messages. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I love it. And you can connect with me on Instagram. I have about mm. a little over 11,000 followers there. Kizzy M Parks. Okay. So you can connect with me there. DM me there. I post more stories, motivational stories than anything, mm. but more content's coming on Instagram. Okay. Last question. If you had to, to, to put Lizzie's, Lizzie's, Jesus Christ. How many times somebody said that to you? If you had to put... <laughs> I bet that's happened before. If you had to put Kizzy's core purpose mm. into a sentence right now, what would that uh, sound like? Oh, my whole core purpose in life, whole core purpose is, is just to help people. Just that's help it. People. It's how just it's always people. been. It's always been about helping people, helping people be better, helping lift up people. It's always been about helping others. Okay. You're going to help me because we're going to talk offline about doing some business together. We can do that. <laughs> Kizzy, thank you for being on the RiderFlex podcast. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, Stephen. I appreciate all the listeners, viewers. You're amazing.